This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. Think you don't have the time to follow an exercise program? A fitness expert says just a one-minute workout can give you real health benefits. It was only one minute of very intense exercise and nine minutes of easy cycling. And we compared the responses to another group who did 50 minutes of more traditional moderate cycling. Then, kids join gangs for all the wrong reasons. A research study now shows that gang membership can cause mental health problems. They really seek out a gang to fill that void in their life. And so that's kind of how we conceptualize gang membership in this study, is really seeing it as a coping mechanism for something in their life that they're generally dissatisfied with. Those two stories, and a lot more, are coming up on today's InfoTrack. Stay tuned. The show begins right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. If you're like most people, you'd like to be in better shape. A common excuse is you can't spare the time to exercise. A recent study shows just a one-minute workout can make a real difference. With more, here's InfoTrack's Roy Mackey. Roy? Thank you, Chris. Our guest is Dr. Martin Gabala, professor and chair of the Department of Kinesiology at McMaster University in Ontario, Canada, and he was the lead author of the study. So tell us what exactly your study was examining. We've been interested in this idea of short burst exercise and its potential to confer benefits that we normally associate with longer traditional aerobic training. And so this particular study involved a comparison, a head-to-head comparison, if you will, of low-volume interval exercise and the longer approach. Uh, I can uh, go into the details of the uh, training protocols, if you like. Yeah, I'd like to hear about that. The teaser headline, of course, for the interval group is all about one minute. But really what was involved was 10 minutes start to finish. So subjects would come into the laboratory, they'd do some easy cycling for two minutes, and then they do a hard 20-second all-out sprint. That was followed by two minutes of recovery, a second hard 20-second sprint, another two minutes of recovery, and then a final 20-second all-out sprint and a little bit of a warm-down. So start to finish, it was 10 minutes. Within that, it was only one minute of very intense exercise and nine minutes of easy cycling. And we compared the responses to another group who did 50-5-0 minutes of more traditional, moderate-intensity, continuous cycling, and both groups trained three times per week for 12 weeks. How do you define that going-all-out 20-second sprint? Is there some way you measured that? We basically set the resistance up quite high on the bike, and the instructions that we give to subjects is basically you sprint from danger pace or the pace that you would cycle at to save your child from an oncoming car. So it's about as intense an effort as you can imagine. The interesting thing, though, is because the efforts are over relatively quickly in 20 seconds, when we ask the subjects to subjectively rate how they felt on a 20-point scale, they give us ratings of around 15, which are hard, but not necessarily maximal. And so that has something to do with the fact that even though they're going as hard as they can, the efforts are relatively short, and so it's not necessarily perceived as this all-out maximal exercise if they were to hold that pace for a longer period of time, for example. The results of this study sound almost too good to be true, that 10 minutes of exercise is about as good as 50 minutes. Have you gotten that reaction that this can't be true? 
We do, and you know, this is where it verges on the infomercial side of things a little bit. You know, what I can say is we've been doing interval training research for about a decade in my laboratory. The results to us were not necessarily surprising because what we found is there's definitely an intensity duration trade-off and it's not at all to suggest that this type of training is suitable for everyone. It's clearly a demanding and a comfortable way to perform exercise but there's a large body of research to now show that if you perform exercise in an intense interval-based manner, you can get away with a surprisingly small total dose of exercise and still reap significant benefits. You know, another important takeaway is that interval training comes in many different flavors or varieties. And as I said, this type of protocol, it was an extreme example, but it's not necessarily suited for everyone. You were looking at stationary bicycling in this, but I assume that this could be applied to other forms of exercise. Absolutely. So any form of traditional cardio-type exercise that you think about, whether that's swimming or a rowing ergometer, running outside, even something as simple as stair climbing, we've been looking at that in our laboratory as a way to effectively take the results outside of the lab. Many people work in office towers or live in apartment buildings, and so it would be quite easy to vigorously ascend a few flights of stairs, and what we've been finding is that can confer some of the same improvements in terms of the cardiorespiratory fitness benefit. Our guest on InfoTrack is Dr. Martin Gabala, professor and chair of the Department of Kinesiology at McMaster University in Ontario, Canada. And he recently conducted a study that found that a 10-minute workout that included three 20-second really hard sprints going all out is as good as a long workout. Dr. Gabala, you were examining fairly young men. Do you think this would apply to people of any age, or should older people maybe be a little more wary of going all out for fear of injury or worse? You're right. This study was conducted on sedentary individuals, but they were otherwise young and healthy. As I said, we wouldn't necessarily apply this protocol to older individuals or those who might be at risk for cardiometabolic disorders. But as I alluded to earlier, interval training comes in many different varieties. And so, for example, in our laboratory, we've studied other relatively time-efficient approaches that are a little bit more gentler intervals. They're not all out, but they're still relatively time-efficient. And we've looked at, for example, groups of obese individuals who are older in their 60s and have type 2 diabetes. Some of my colleagues at McMaster have studied individuals who have coronary artery disease. And even something as simple as interval walking has been shown to be superior to just continuous walking at a steady pace. There was a randomized clinical trial that came out of Denmark that showed that, that in two groups who basically did the same total amount of walking exercise, the group that did interval walking, so you can think of just speeding up for a couple of light posts and then backing off, they improved their fitness to a greater extent, improved their blood sugar control to a greater extent, and even lost a little bit more body fat compared to the continuous walkers. Now, there are some fitness-crazed people who will think, hey, if I take that 10-minute workout and I do it six times over the course of an hour, then I'll be six times as fit. Does it work that way? I don't think so. I think there's a point of diminishing returns for sure. We know the number one cited barrier for why people don't exercise is lack of time. Clearly, that's an excuse for a lot of people, but a lot of people also lead busy, time-pressed lives. And so there's this notion that we have to fit our lives around exercise. And so people, if they don't have 45 minutes or an hour in the day, they might be liable to blow off their workout. 
I think what intervals allow you to do is fit exercise within your life. And even if you have 10 or 15 minutes on your lunch hour, with an interval-based approach, you can still get in a good quality workout. Now, at the other end of the spectrum, that's not to say that you could just add up these interval training workouts over time and expect the benefits of many dozens of hours of continuous exercise. We would never, for example, suggest that someone would want to run a marathon just by doing a few of these short sprints. Again, there's this diminishing returns over time, I think. So are you thinking that this sprint interval workout could become the primary exercise program for people who are always busy, or is this more of a just do this on those occasional days when your schedule is just so tight? Yeah, we think it's an effective option, and I would defer more towards the latter. Obviously, the public health guidelines are based on really good science, and we're not suggesting that we should scrap or replace them. You can think of intervals as increasing the menu options available to you. And so on those days when you're particularly time-pressed and certainly might be willing to not exercise at all, intervals can be a good choice to get in a workout that you know is at least going to maintain your fitness and perhaps give you a boost as well. Any final words of advice for someone who is thinking, well, maybe I'll try this? Of course, we'd always suggest that before anyone begins or changes their workout that they check with their physician. But I would like to emphasize this point that interval training comes in lots of different flavors or varieties. And there's a large body of research now to show how interval training has been applied to people with diabetes, cardiovascular disease, metabolic syndrome. And there can be an effective option for almost any of those groups. Certainly, there would be a segment of the society, though, that interval training is not an option for. And at the end of the day, the best exercise for you is one that you like and enjoy because you're more likely to stick with it. Dr. Martin Gabala, professor and chair of the Department of Kinesiology at McMaster University in Ontario, Canada. Dr. Gabala, is there someplace online where people can learn more? The study itself is available freely online at the journal called PLOS One, and otherwise people could go to the McMaster University website, find my name, Gabala, G-I-B-A-L-A, and get a bit more information as well. Well, thank you again for joining us on InfoTrack. I appreciate your time and your interest in our work. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. Next, kids who join gangs may end up with mental health problems. The eye-opening story, coming up. Don't go away. InfoTrack will be back right after this.